Welcome to Beyond the Backdrop, a podcast that focuses on the heart of small businesses by interviewing owners and getting to know who they are, how it affects their business, and most importantly, their why. Beyond the Backdrop is hosted by Desiree Rasmussen, owner of Mini Backdrops and sister brand of this podcast. everyone. So I hope you're having a good week and I just want to say welcome to episode 17. Um, you might have noticed we have a new intro, which I'm super excited about and I hope you like. But anyways, on to this week's episode. This week we have Alexandra from the Hedgehog Hollow with us and she is just a world of knowledge about all sorts of things to do with small business. So I really hope you enjoyed this chat I had with her. So thank you for joining me on the podcast. Um, why don't I have you just give a brief introduction of who are you? Yeah. Hi, everyone. My name's Alexandra. I run thehedgehoghollow.com. We are um, a craft business. We have YouTube tutorials. We run a monthly subscription box for card makers. We also have a consulting side. So we help creative businesses who want to grow their business, even in either in craft sectors or maybe they want to look at globalizing their business. And then we're also just about to launch a new um, training course for affiliate marketing. So we have lots of different aspects to the business. Oh, that sounds really exciting. I actually, I have to admit, I kind of love your blog name. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, where does it come from? Uh, so hedgehogs are very common in England or they used to be anyway, and um, my granddad had a big house and it had a white wall around it and a big hedge. And they used to fall out of the hedge, the baby hedgehogs, and he would rescue them when I was a child and we'd feed them cat food and water and things. And so I always had this love of hedgehogs. And then we knew we were moving to the States as I started the blog. And at the same time, my granddad passed away. So I wanted to incorporate something from him. And um, Hedgehog Hollow kind of just felt right. We'd lived in this beautiful country house in England that had hedgehogs. And um, it just kind of all flowed together nicely. Oh, I kind of love it even more now because there's actually <laughs> a nice meaningful story behind it. I have to say, like, your logo and everything, it's just, it's so on point. It oh, just... thank you. We've just rebranded. And yeah, we love the new logo. It's got the glasses that I wear. Yeah. It has a really kind of funky yet modern and just very, you know, a clean classic look to it. So yeah, we're really pleased with it too. Now, you mentioned you're from England, right? That's correct. But you're living in the States? Yeah, we live near Cleveland, Ohio. So why did you move over to the States? Uh, well, I've actually lived in the States before. I lived in New Jersey um, about 10 years ago. Um, and then I ended up moving back to England and I got back together with my high school sweetheart and he got offered a job with Goodyear Tire. And so here we are. But this is now permanent. We don't have any plans to go back to England. OK. Um, did you like when you said you were you lived in the US before? Were you going to school over there or? No, I was married before and my husband was sent. He was British, too, and he was sent to America for work. And um, when that didn't work out, I moved back home to England and, as I say, um, got back together with my high school sweetheart. And, yeah, we've built a life together and we have two, two girls and uh, he works for Goodyear and I started the blog. 
Do you enjoy being over the U.S.? I, I, I just asked because I myself am a person living in another country, so I, I like hearing other people's stories. No, we love the States. I mean, we look forward to the idea. We haven't been back to England since we moved here yet, but just going for a vacation. England is so expensive to live in. Um, but no, we love the States. The cost of living for us is so much lower. Um, and so we can enjoy life more. We can do more things. Um, we also like having the four seasons. So in England, the weather is always raining. Yeah. Whereas here you get snow in the winter, you have a nice spring, you have a beautiful summer, and then you get the nice sort of fall and autumn colors. So there's lots of bonuses for us being over here and the girls love it as well. So, so we have no plans to, to move back. I can, I can understand that with the seasons because right now I'm living in Denmark. So mm -hmm. our weather is almost the same as the UK's, but I'm from Canada. Okay. So I do, I, I miss, I miss those seasons. Yeah. And no, it's I also, nice having those seasons. I mean, I look out now and we've got like three or four inches of snow and we know that kind of by the end of this month, we'll move into spring and the daffodils kind of pop up and yeah. I mean, we had a lovely summer last year, so yeah, it's fine. So you started out primarily as a blogger, is that right? That's right. Yeah. I started a blog. Um, I started with stamping up as many crafters do, which is like the pampered chef home party model. Mm. And a friend of mine said, well, have you thought about doing affiliates? Because I felt very restricted by doing stamping up. And I said, no. So I looked into it and then I launched the blog. We went with the affiliate programs and I guess we've never looked back. We've just grown and grown and grown ever since. You're actually our first blogger on the podcast. So I think um, it's interesting to a lot of people of using blogging as a way to earn money. So I'm guessing that's been pretty successful for you, right? Yeah. So as I say, we started very much with YouTube tutorials. So the craft area we started with was card making, um, started with YouTube tutorials and then used affiliate links with the um, products that I used in the videos. So people go and purchase those and I would get a small commission off of that. Um, then I kind of grew and went and did professional video services for um, clients. So some of the affiliate programs I worked with, I would go to their offices and film videos there. Um, my husband's also, uh, when he did his engineering degree, he paid for that with uh, photography and videography. And uh, he's been now sort of expanding those services as the business grew. And uh, so we've been expanded to that. We've just launched our monthly subscription box. And as I mentioned earlier, we've got this um, training program we're just launching. And also we do this consultancy service. So it's kind of evolved over the past year. Um, but we actually only started last April. So it's, it's still pretty new. Oh, really? So I didn't realize it was so new. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, we started. It looks really well established. So I just oh, think you. it's been around for a while. Also, um, did the YouTube channel also just start? So we actually started it, I guess Hedgehog Hollow's blog itself started probably 18 months ago. Um, but then when we were going to move to the States, as you know, moving over continents takes a lot of time and energy. Uh, the blog kind of dropped away and um, nothing really happened with it. Then we got to the States last January and I signed up to stamp it up. And I guess I just kind of played with it a little bit, but Last April, we kind of made it a business with the idea that we would grow it into something bigger. Um, so, yeah, so really we've only been working on it. Well, I've been working on it full time since last April. Well, I have to say, just by looking at your YouTube numbers, you're doing really fantastic there. 
because Thank you. yeah, I mean, YouTube it's is hard out of all proportion. We never expected this. As I, I kind of started it and I did the affiliate thing and I thought, well, if it can pay for some of my craft stuff, that would be really great. And then my husband was like, well, you know, if you could pay for your craft stuff and some of my photography stuff, we'd be really, really happy. Um, and we're now at the point that, you know, it pays for all of that, but also we have a full-time member of staff, Kelly, um, and we're looking at getting a second member of staff. So yeah, it's, it's really grown. That's fantastic. So you keep mentioning your husband, so I'm taking it. He's very much involved then. Yeah, it's very much a family business. Um, my husband does all the photography and videography and the technical side of things. Um, having paid for his degree with it, that's really his area of expertise. Um, my girls, uh, my little girl now, she's just napping, but uh, she's in here all the time coloring and she stamps things out and she loves playing in here. And then my eldest, she uh, drops in on vacations and does the odd video. She loves to draw. So yeah, we're a family business. Well, it's fantastic that you can all work together with it. Yeah, so, we feel very lucky to have something we can all work on together. I think it's also nice that you can work with your husband as well, because it's not all husband and wives that can actually work together as a team. No, that's true. I mean, my husband and I used to work together at Jaguar Land Rover, and we used to have a desk next to each other. So we'd be together all day and together all evening. Um, but we actually love it. We love being around each other. We work very well together. Um, we learn being in an office together, kind of separate the business and pleasure side of it. Um, so that home life was very separate, but no, we're, we're very much a team to work together, which I know is sometimes unusual. It is unusual, but I'm kind of happy to hear it because it makes me feel a little bit more normal because my husband and I, we're not working together right now, but we have pretty much always kind of worked together in some form. So it's, it's nice to hear that there's other couples that are also that way. Yeah, definitely. Now, I'm going to ask you a little bit more about YouTube because I'm curious, especially yeah. now that I've heard that it's only been about a year. So did you do anything in particular to grow your YouTube channel? Um, not really. I mean, I started putting out videos. Um, our video has definitely evolved. We started with an iPhone video and then I'd upgraded my iPhone. And so they got slightly better again. Um, I started out just not really doing any editing. Then I learned how to use Adobe Premiere Pro and I found that really hard to work with. Um, then we upgraded to using my husband's DSLR. He got a new one that had video capabilities, so I upgraded it again. And then I got a new laptop that had the Apple software, uh, Final Cut Pro in it. And that's really where our editing became so, so much better. It's so much easier to work with. Mm. Um, I guess it's very Apple and intuitive in that respect. And so as our videos have evolved, you know, we found new followers. We were lucky to do some events early last year with some companies who have some well-known names in the industry. And I guess having those in our tags on our videos did help as well. Um, but no, it's just about constantly improving the quality. I think interacting with the comments is a really big thing. Mm. Um, people always seem surprised when I reply to their comments, but we always go through and try to reply to as many as we can. Yeah. Uh, and I just think that engagement has very much helped as well. Yeah, I... I, I would totally agree there do you find there's any kind of certain kind of video that kind of hits really well or 
definitely ones where you use multiple um, different ideas with the same stamp set or the same stencil and you create three or four completely different looks from it just to show people how to stretch those supplies. Everyone's craft budget is limited and we want to get the most from it. So definitely showing people multiple ways to use the same thing is, is always a hit. That's, that's really interesting. I would just want to say congrats on your YouTube channel because it's, I follow a lot of YouTubers and I just, the fact that you have so many subscribers in a year, it's, and especially in the past year on YouTube, because YouTube has gone through a lot of changes in the last year. So I just have to say congrats on that. You're doing awesome on YouTube. Oh, thanks so much. <laughs> I'm still just amazed that your, your business is still so young and you seem like you're doing a lot of expanding this year. Um, you said you launched a subscription box. Yes. Do you want to describe that a little bit more? Yes, it's a monthly box. I know there's lots of different ones out there and I've subscribed to craft ones in the past, um, but I find they're always tied to a company and that's great for a couple of months, but then you kind of start to lose a bit of interest. So um, our box is a little bit different. Um, you have each month we're going to focus on a company. Um, so our first box is going to be with Lawn Fawn and we've got other ones down the road and some of them are going to have exclusive products. Some will just be new releases. Um, but we're trying to make it new and interesting every month. We do four YouTube videos to show you how to use the supplies in your box. We also do a YouTube live. So I'll tell people what's in the box, why I chose those things. And we kind of create a little bit together and have a chat as an interactive forum. And they also get, um, a bonus coupon in every box as well. So this month they're going to have 10% off their order from the company. Um, and then, um, you'll also sort of have that forum to interact with other crafters as well. So it's more about you get your box, but you're also building a community. Mm. Uh, and I think it's just a little bit different to always focus on something different every month. So it keeps it new and fresh and we'll go along with holidays. We're thinking about something for the Royal wedding. Um, we've been thinking about over the summer doing something that you can do with your children or alone. So if you wanted to occupy the kids for a little while, you could do that too. Um, but just every month trying to stretch your skills and whether you're a beginner or a seasoned crafter, there's always going to be something in there for you. That's interesting. Now, is there a specific reason you decided to do a subscription box? Uh, yeah, as I say, I mean, I had subscribed to many subscription boxes in the past and I'd never found one that kind of quite fitted what I needed. And we went to a big trade show in January and I was walking around and chatting with other crafters and we all kind of had the same feeling that there wasn't anything that kind of fit this idea of giving you a sample of everything throughout the year. You're always kind of pigeonholed into one brand. So I thought, well, if it's not out there, I'll create one. Um, and having worked in globalization and supply chains and various things in the past, um, I kind of pulled on those skills and we've uh, pulled this first box together. I'm going to kind of backtrack a little bit here. Mm -hmm. You started the blog last year. Did you start the blog just because you moved over to the US, US or what, 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 how did Hedgehog Hollow, why did you start it? So originally um, I started it, as I said previously, when I was pregnant with my daughter in England and then it sort of all dropped as we moved to the States. But Really last year, I, we moved to the States, we bought our house, we moved in, we unpacked everything. And then Tilly, who's my youngest, her and I were sitting at home one day and we played and we had great fun and we were kind of sitting there like, okay, well, let's go and get mommy's craft room back together. So we went downstairs and I set up a play area, a my craft area. 
And I was like, I don't know what to do. Um, I can't, we have a housekeeper who's amazing. I've got some back issues, so I don't do a lot of vacuuming, things like that. And everything was done. I thought I can't sit here and not do anything. And having worked in business since I was 16, I've had a full-time job. I thought I need to do something. Let's pick up the blog and see what happens. And so that's what I did. Um, and then that was sort of early January. And I, I just really, as I say, played with it. It was a bit of fun. And then I started to realize we we're actually getting a decent following. So we sort of started again from ground zero. We relaunched the blog. We did the affiliate side and that was April. So that's why we sort of say, you know, we really began in April because that's when for us, it became the idea of this could possibly be a business for us. So you mentioned also, you're also starting to do some consulting. Yes. Is, is, is there a particular reason why you're branching off into that direction as well? I guess it was another thing that we kind of more um, based on the skills that I had. So previously I worked for Jaguar Land Rover doing globalization. Um, so we opened factories all over the world for local production. Um, and I did supply chain management for prototype builds. I mean, I thought we had to ship explosive airbags into China on a boat. Um, you can imagine the challenge of trying yeah. to get explosives through customs. Yeah. And I thought, well, if I can get explosives to China from England, I can, I, I can do anything. Um, so I did lots of things for Jaguar Land Rover in various aspects of the com company. And before that, I worked in banking. I fixed branches that were failing, whether it was for security or for sales or whatever it was. So I'd done that side of things. And then again, when we went to the trade show this year, people were starting to discuss things with me and we kind of got into more of a business chat as opposed to a creative chat. And there seemed to be this opportunity that lots of businesses needed some guidance on social media or it might be on um, new niches that they want to get into um, and things like that. And I said, well, you know, I've been in every aspect of the creative industry, having launched products, having been a buyer, having been a crafter and a design team member. And I understand business and, you know, importing from China. You know, we can help you. Mm -hmm. um, and from that, that's kind of just developed again into another area of you know we can help you do this i've got an amazing assistant kelly she's great on social media so she does that side of the consulting and i work on the business side wow that's it's uh, a very diverse portfolio you seem to have yeah i mean it just seems we have little bits of the business that kind of pulls from all our skill sets mm. um my husband helps them with the videography and photography and how to do product photography and um, you know, video tips and things like that. So it's one of those businesses that pulls on everyone's skills. And it means that we can do lots of different things and have lots of different income streams, mm -hmm. which supports, you know, a more diverse business and something that's likely to grow in future even more. Yeah. So with that business, do you kind of focus on just the creative industry? Or do you open that up for all sorts of different kind of clients? We're open to working with anyone. I mean, we've worked in the automotive. We're both mechanical engineers. Uh, Kelly's worked in sales and technology side. Um, right now we have three creative clients that we work with and we have a few more that we're looking to onboard as well. Um, so I should think we'll probably be taking on up to about half a dozen or so this year. Uh, but possibly in future, we'd definitely be open to opening up um, but I think I'd like to stick in the whole creative DIY, mm. home decor, 
crafty sort of niche because that's you know I can help with the creative side and the fashion side as well as the the business side yeah I think it also helps when even though you have a wide experience with all sorts of different things but it's also you obviously really enjoy the crafty side because you have the hedgehog hollow so it probably gives you another connection level with your clients yeah, that's it. As I say, I've worked on every side. I've helped manufacturers launch products. Um, I've been a crafter for 15 years, or more than 15 years. Um, so I know what I want as a, an end consumer. And then having had the business experience, you know, we can look at it from all different angles and, and help make them be successful. Yeah. So I have a question that I ask all my guests on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And it is, who in your life has had the most influence on you? I would have to say my grandparents. Um, I mean, I was basically brought up by my grandparents. And my grandfather, he was in the army for over 20 years. And then after that, he always owned his own businesses um, in various different niches and guises and things. And he always said to me, he said, you know, working for someone is great. Working up the corporate ladder is amazing. But, you know, you want to aim to own your own business and be your own boss and have your own income streams. And um, he taught me lots of life lessons, personal and business. And I guess he is my biggest influence and who I sort of always aspire to to be like. Yeah, well, you could also kind of see that you can because the name of your company and everything kind of draws back to him, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, he is definitely a huge influence on all our lives. Do you ever miss the UK? Like, I know you say you love being in the US and you don't have plans to go back to the UK, but do you miss the UK? I miss London. Um, My husband and I, we got married in London. We got married in Mayfair Library and we had our reception in Browns, which is a beautiful London hotel with so much history. And, you know, we knew so many people and things. So London is very much our town and I do miss that. I very much miss British chocolate. I have to say American chocolate is pretty awful. Um, what else do I miss? I miss good tea. I always get my in-laws when they come over, they always bring me British tea. Um, and I miss good driving roads. Having worked for a car company, I'm definitely a car person and having sort of that freedom to go through some country lanes and that. that yeah. Those things I miss, but not enough to ever move back. But to have a vacation or have people visit who can bring you the, the things that you miss, that's really nice. Um, biscuits are another thing or cookies as the Americans call them. I, I um, understood what you meant, but <laughs> yeah, I know. I know Canadians do, but Americans, yeah. I would say a biscuit and they think the thing you get at KFC. No, that's not a biscuit. <laughs> um, think cookie, but still a bit different. I mean, a, yeah. a good hobnob to dip in your tea is a, a true British thing, but no, there, there's small things we miss, but overall life is definitely better over here. I, I just, I kind of laugh that you mentioned tea because it's, it's such a stereotypical British thing, but every British person I have met who doesn't live in Britain anymore always mentions they misses the tea and what crap the tea is of whatever country they're currently living in. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, a good cup of English breakfast tea with a Twinings tea bag, that's amazing. I also love some of the more sort of like loose leaf teas. Mm. Um, Russian Caravan is my favorite tea ever. Most people have never heard of it, Um, but I absolutely love it. And uh, yeah, I I do really miss those, those kinds of things. You said, you said you miss the, the roads. 
Yeah, the driving roads. So in England, there's something called a B road, which is like a country road. They're all twisty and turny. Yeah, and now I understand. You mean yeah. like the, just the lovely country road? Yeah, and you can kind of, I mean, I had a nice sports car out there when I lived in England and just being able to kind of put your foot down a bit and maybe stretch that speed limit a little bit more. There's no roads in America that you can do that. Well, definitely not in Ohio. I know other places in the States there are, but around here, there's not really any that you can do that with. This sounds kind of silly, but was it an adjustment to uh, go from the to the other side of the road? So, you know, someone asked me that the other day. I have to say no. For us, it wasn't. But we, having worked in a car company and travelled a lot with them, I was used to every combination of steering wheel and yeah, driving so. side of the road that you could kind of get. But um, I think the only thing that you would that I ever struggled with was the first time I got in a manual or a stick shift, as they call yeah. it here having to change gear with your right hand, but you still do the clutch with your left hand, with your left foot. But you yeah. kind of, after like 10 minutes or so, you get into that. But that definitely was the biggest adjustment out of anything else on the road. I, I just asked because uh, we took a trip to the UK, oh gosh, like five years ago. And we drove. So we drove from Denmark. And then, of course, we took the ferry. Okay. Oh, we took the ferry over. And coming off the ferry was the most confusing thing ever. Mm -hmm. Because everywhere else in Europe is on the other side, right? Right. So we just spent like 10 hours driving on one side. Mm -hmm. And then we have to drive off onto the other side. And luckily it wasn't me that had to drive. It was my husband. And I just, the first roundabout we hit... Mm-hmm. There was just this, way around. Yeah, there was just this big, huge sense of panic because there was no other cars at the roundabout at that time, mm-hmm. and my husband's like, "I don't know which way to go. Do I go the opposite direction?" And I actually think we went the wrong way around it. But yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. I mean, I, I guess you probably went. Did you go the, from the Hook of Holland? I'm not sure. It was uh, where Dover is. Oh, you went through Dover. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are, there's definitely interesting roads down there. Um, I've been down there many, many times. But no, it's funny. I mean, things for us that are strange are things like stopping at a stop sign. In England, there's, unless it's a red light, you don't stop. You kind of proceed with caution, but you would roll and roll and then just keep going. Yeah, that's the same here in Denmark as well. Yeah. That, that, stop signs just don't exist adjustment to stop and also the turn right on red I mean I'd lived here before but I still my husband will stop on red and I'm being like you can turn and he's like no I can't oh yes I can of course I can but yeah things like that I guess the small things are the the adjustments as opposed to like just driving on the other side for us with the stoplight it's actually more difficult to go the other way because that's the problem we had because I grew up driving in Canada right so we're allowed Mm -hmm. to turn on the on the red And here you're not allowed to turn right on a red. Yeah. So, you know, those first few times people get really, really angry with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They they don't realize that in front is someone who's never done it before. Yeah. It also gave me this whole new understanding of getting upset with drivers back in Canada or just in general, because now I'm thinking, well, maybe they're not from here and maybe they have different driving rules. And it was something I never really thought of until I had to drive in another country. Yeah, it's definitely um, once you move continents or countries or anything like that, the more you travel, I think the more appreciation you have for 
other people are maybe a bit more tolerance as to maybe they don't know around here or you know maybe they've never been here before so you have two girls yeah two girls uh, i have maddie who's a madeline she's 10 and then tilly who's actually a matilda and uh, she's two so so your oldest she's lived in in britain then yeah, she's lived in Britain. She, we moved back when she was 18 months old and I was only just moved back to the States. She loves it in America so much more. Um, but, uh, cause I was just going to ask, how did she take them? Yeah, I think she's had probably the biggest adjustment out of any of us, yeah. different school system. You know, they'll, they teach American history where she's always been taught European history and they'll say something and she'll be like, oh. I have no idea what you're talking about, the Constitution. And of course, everyone looks at her strangely, which is like, well, no, I can tell you all about, you know, <laughs> the British Civil War and the Tudors and things yeah. like that. But yeah, it's just, a, you know, it's things like that, I think, for her have been the biggest adjustment. It's funny that you say that because, um, of course, I grew up in Canada, so I learned we learned a lot of British history, a mix between British and American and Canadian history. So it's all kind mm -hmm. of very muddled. But the interesting thing is, is then I came over here and I went to university here and I took a history class and it was modern history. So, and it kind of started with at the end of the wars. Okay. And the history that they teach over here is completely different than what they teach over in Canada and the US. Mm -hmm. It's quite interesting to have a completely different story than what I grew up with about the world wars and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's so true. I mean, my family heritage is German and, you know, I would do things at school and then I'd go and ask my grandparents because it would be like, you know, ask your grandparents their stories from the war or whatever it was. And then they'd give you a story and you'd be like, well, that's not how I was taught it yeah. because you just got those different views and different slants on it, depending where you were based at that time or taught. Yeah. It's, it's quite interesting. So backtracking back to, you know, business and small business and all that, mm -hmm. <laughs> we got a little sidetracked there. <laughs> um, do you have any advice on say somebody who wants to start a business or maybe start a blog and earn from it? I think the biggest thing is build a trusted following. Don't ask people for money from day one. Um, I mean, I had the chance to build a brand and let people get to know me. Um, a good example is I was blogging since April. There's lots of people who have followed along the way. And then when I launched my subscription box, I mean, I kind of thought with the subscription box, if I got 20 pre-orders and I fulfilled 50 boxes, that would be a great start to the box. Mm. And we're actually doing 500 boxes this month. Wow. When did, yeah. when did you launch it? Um, about 10 days ago. The fir your first month you did mm -hmm. 500? Wow. Well, we're do doing 500. We actually send them out in about two weeks time. But we did it as a pre-order. We didn't even tell people what were going to be in the box. We didn't say it was a lawn form box. We just said, we're doing this monthly subscription box. It'll have this dollar value of product. It'll have the videos. It'll have this, that, and the other. And we had 375 people order it, over $40,000 of orders, just from me having built the brand. And they trusted me 
as the blogger that I would put something in it that they would love. So I would say just take the time to get to know your audience, um, interact with them at every possible opportunity. I do regular Facebook and YouTube lives. Um, and be true to your brand. Never be afraid to say no. If a product doesn't fit your brand, say no. If you're not comfortable with the customer service, don't promote it just because they're going to pay you. You want your audience to trust you. And I will often get things and I'll give constructive feedback as to it's great for this and it's not so great for this. Mm. Um, but you definitely want to just be honest and true. And if something's not good or you have a bad experience, then let your blog, not you, let your audience rather know that. I, th I think you nailed it, especially with the whole, just be honest and true. Yeah. Because that's also, I, I've hold very much to that philosophy also with my own business. Now I don't do a ton of blogging, but I've always gone with the philosophy of being open and honest with all my customers and my followers. And I've found that really works more to my advantage than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I've worked with companies, I've had my fingers burnt and then I sort of said to my followers, you know, we won't be working with this company anymore. I don't go into the details. I don't think that that's the appropriate form to do that. But I just sort of say, you know, I've had a bad experience. I would not recommend this company having had that bad experience. So they'll no longer be fe featured on my blog. So, I mean, I keep it at a high level. You don't ever want to put the negative things out there. Mm. But at the same time, you know, if you're not going to work with them anymore, tell your followers and, and just at a high level say, it was a bad experience and I wouldn't want you to have that experience. Yeah. You mentioned you do Facebook Live. Mm -hmm. Do you find that really helps with your Facebook page and growing your following? It's really how I started. Um, so when I knew I sort of did a few blog posts and I thought, well, how am I going to get more exposure? I started going live on Facebook and then I'd post it in some groups. And that's really how I started my following going. So every morning at 1130, I used to hop on Facebook live. I might show a technique. I might talk about a sale. I might talk about a package that had arrived, some new things. And we would just generally have a chat. And I mean, that kind of stopped over the summer once the girls were home it was a bit more difficult mm. um and i found i wasn't getting as many viewers and we just needed to tweak things so now i just stop in a couple of times a week and say hi and that seems to work better but um being regular was definitely important in the early days and it really helped me get started and get that traction yeah it's i, I just ask because uh this year my focus is to grow more of my Facebook because my business and my whole marketing was based on Instagram, which is fine. Um, it works really well, but that's gotten to a point where it's kind of rolling on its own now. So I'm this, this year's my Facebook focus and I really want to get into the Facebook live. But yeah. I'm, it's just me. So it's also a time issue. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of still weighing on if it's really worth, worth the time or not. Yeah, I think it's worth popping in, even if it's just to say, hi, this is what's coming up on the podcast. You know, these are the people I've got coming up. Um, and then I used to post it in Facebook groups that were relevant to card making and, and crafts. And then that's how I kind of got a newer audience each time. Okay. Well... We are over 35 minutes now. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> it does. Um, 
I would love to keep talking, but I, I really hate having to cut a ton of stuff off. So if it's all right with you, I'd like to wrap things up. So that was a chance if there's anything you really want to throw out there. Um, well, no, if you're a crafty person, whether you're looking for business help, um, we mentioned very briefly, we've got this training course coming out on affiliate marketing and we're going to look at, you know, how to do different things in creative industries and on blogs in general. Um, so you can apply it to any industry or whether you just want to learn how to make a card or do something crafty, um, then do follow us on social media. We're at the hedgehog hollow or the hedgehog um, and we've got our boxes on there and all sorts of things um, crafty related or you can get in touch about the business side as well well great I just want to say thanks for coming on my podcast well thanks for having us yeah it was it was great talking to you yeah you too thanks for having us again so you've made it to the end of the podcast I just wanted to take a moment and say thanks for listening if you enjoyed this week's podcast, it would really help us out if you would give us a like or a rating, depending on where you're listening. Um, this helps other people find the podcast as well. And as usual, I hope you have a lovely and productive week.